الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة المتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ولي الصالحين وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فإن شاء الله نكونتينيو ودي نواقد الإسلام بالنالفايز بالإسلام باع الشيخ الإسلام محمد الهاب رحمه الله نبرش سكشن نمبر 5 نالفايز الخامس من أبغض شيئا مما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم ولو عمل به كافر whoever hates something that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم came with even though he may act on it has disbelieved so here Sheikh Ahmed Al-Najmi Rahimullah he said فَبُغْدُ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ مِنَ الْأَحْكَامِ وَالشَّرَائِعِ يُعْتَبُرُ يُعْتَبَرْ كُفْرًا يُعْتَبَرُ كُفْرًا that in that hating anything that the Messenger came with from the rules and regulations and the legislation it is considered to be كفر وَإِنَّ الْوَاجِبَ عَلَيْنَا مُحَبَّتُهُ and what is obligatory upon us is to love that which Allah's Messenger came with وَمَحَبَّةُ كُلِّ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ to love the Messenger and love everything that he came with وَأَنَّا اَعْتَقِدَ أَنَّ كُلَّ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ حُكْمًا أَنَّهُ أَفْضَلُ الْأَحْكَامِ and likewise we believe that everything that has come from the rules and regulations by way of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that it is the best of rules and regulations وَإِنْ كَانَ وَإِنْ كَانَ خُلُقًا بِأَنَّهُ أَفْضَلْ أَخْلَاقِ and if it is a manner or etiquette of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then we should believe that it is the best of manners وَإِنْ كَانَ عِبَادَةً بِأَنَّهُ أَفْضَلْ عِبَادَاتِ and if it is a ibadah, an act of worship that he brought then it's the best of acts of worship فَبُغْضُ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ أَوْ بَعْضِ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى النِّفَاقِ So, hating anything that he has come with or an aspect of what he has come with and his sum of what he has come with, hating that, then that is a proof of hypocrisy. وَالْعِيَادُ بِاللَّهِ And we seek refuge in Allah from that. فَمَنْ وَجَدَ هَذِهِ الْخَلِيقَةِ فِي نَفْسِهِ So, whoever recognizes this evil trait in himself, فَعَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ عَلَىٰ إِزَالَتِهَا They must strive to remove it. فَيَدْعُ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ أَنْ يُذْهِبَهَا عَنْهُ And must supplicate to Allah to remove it from himself. وَأَنْ يُبَدِّلْهُ وَأَنْ يُبَدِّلْهُ بِبَعْضِهِ بِبُغْدِهَا بِبَعْضِهَا حُبَّا And that he changes it to love. To loving that which the Messenger came with and loving the Rasul. And likewise, from having a state of belittling something to honoring that which the Messenger came with. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمُ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ The one who honors the Legislation of Allah, then that is from 
the piety of one's heart. And if he dislikes anything of any aspect of Allah's deen and Prophet's guidance, then he should have a desire, a love for it. Yani for love for that act of worship, for that rule or regulation that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with. Because what the Messenger sallallahu came with is what Allah is from Allah. Allah said, الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى He doesn't speak of his own accord. Rather, it is revelation that is revealed. As for the hypocrites, they're the ones who negate or dislike what Allah, Allah's messengers has brought. Allah subhanahu wa said about the munafiqoon, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ They say, that we testify that you are the messenger of Allah. Wallahu ya'lamu innaka la rasul. And Allah knows that you are the messenger. You are his messenger. Wallahu yashhadu inna al-munafiqina la kathibun. And Allah also testifies that the hypocrites, they are liars. <coughs> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned a clear verse regarding those who dislike. The deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is legislation. Surah Muhammad verse 8 and 9. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَتَعْسَلْ لَهُمْ وَأَضَلَّ أَعْمَالَهُمْ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَرِهُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ They dislike that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made their deeds null and void. Because they disliked. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had brought. So their uqubah or their punishment is Allah subhanahu Nullify their deeds. Now, there are some of the verses that Sheikh Obed adds to the now to the de to the uh, explanation, and from that he says, "Fankihu ma taabala kumin al nisa mathna wa thulatha wa ruba in khiftum alla taadilu fawahida." Again, another aspect of Allah's deen that some people may may say or may want to dis, uh, uh, dislike but it's not allowed for them to dislike that and that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about plural marriage and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala necessitated that one should show or affirmed that one should show justice that is what is affirmed in this matter if the person is able to show justice then he's allowed based upon this verse Naam to be in a plural marriage. But if one cannot, then marry only one. No doubt this is something that uh, is important. That if someone is going to go enter this affair, then he must not be unjust. So we should not fall into, yani, be in a situation where you become unjust. And this is actually not easy because those who are in that state will come Yom Al-Qiyamah and half of their sides paralyzed. Half of their sides paralyzed because they were unjust. Those who do it and they're able to do it properly and they are aided by their spouses, then alhamdulillah biha wa ni'mat. And those who cannot and are not able to be just, then marry only one. Marry only one and be just with that one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. So any aspect of Allah's deed, whether it is 
plural marriage or whether it is uh, uh, that which Allah legislates from the different types of legislations, then we have to accept it as be and be pleased with it, as we are taught by the Rasulullah to say, "Radiyatu billahi rabban wa bilislamidin and wa bimuhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabiyyan." I'm pleased that Allah is my Lord and the Prophet as my Prophet and Islam as my Deen. Islam as my Deen. And this life is short and the person must not leave the affair of the Deen for the dunya. The Deen, they must accept that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated and be happy with that. And thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this Deen. For He knows best. This Deen is for all time. It's not just for one particular time is for all time. Allah knows what's best for us. Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. So all the deen of Allah, all the legislation, all that which the Messenger came with is khair. And Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrated that the Prophet that he he mentioned that anything that will enter you paradise, I mentioned it to you. Anything that will keep you away from the hellfire, I've already mentioned it to you. Allah, I've already warned you from it. And likewise, the, the narration of Abu Dar Rifari radiyahu anhu, he said, "Tarakna Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, There isn't. He said that, that the messenger sallallahu left us upon a way that even the bird flapping its wings in the sky, he told us about it. So all of the Sharia, all of the Deen of Allah is complete. All of the Deen of Allah is complete, and we have to love all of it, all of the guidance that Allah's Messenger وسلم, has brought as revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number six, Man istahza'a bi shay'in min deeni min deeni rasul min deeni rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam na'am aw thawabillahi aw iqabihi kafar. So whoever mocks any aspect of the deen of Allah, the deen of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu أو ثواب الله or a reward that Allah Subhanahu has promised أو عقابه or a punishment that He has mentioned كفر then that person disbelieves if he mocks any of that والدليل قوله تعالى the proof is Allah Subhanahu wa said قل أبي الله وآياتي ورسولي كنتم تستهزئون لا تعتذروا قد كفرتم بعد إيمانكم قد كفرتم بعد إيمانكم that is Whoever mocks or ridicules any part of the messenger, messenger's religion or its rewards or punishments has committed an act of disbelief. And the proof of that is Allah's statement. Say, was it Allah and his verses and his messenger that you were mocking? Make no excuses. You have disbelieved after having had faith. So it's Tawbah, verse 65. Here, Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi, rahmullah, he mentions about al-istihza, mocking. فَالْإِسْتِهْزَاءُ بِدِينِ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أو ثوابه أو عقابه كفر Mocking the religion that the Messenger of Islam came with as Islam and mocking the rewards and punishment then that is disbelief. مَنْ إِسْتَهْزَاءَ بِالْلَّحِيَةِ For example, the one who mocks the beard. Some people, they mock the beard. And they make fun of the beard. أو استهزأ بشيء من أحكام الدين or any aspect from the rulings of the Islam of Islam نعم that is considered to have disbelieved وخرج من الإسلام and he has left Islam the matter is serious استهزاء 
it's not the way of Muslims. Istiza is the way of the politics and the Masail Jahiliya, the people of ignorance who came before. One of the aspects they used to do is istihza. They used to make istihza of the prophets. They used to make fun of the prophets and then make fun of the message that they came with. Now, and they went more and more astray. Here, he said, وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ بَعْضَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ قَالَ حِينَمَا كَانُوا سَائِرِينَ إِلَى التَّبُوكِ This is actually the, con the context of this particular verse. Some of them were, were going to Tabuk on expedition or they were going to Tabuk some of the hippos were going to Tabuk and in that journey they were making fun. We did not see like our reciters. They're speaking about the Sahaba in a bad light by making fun of them. These are يعني, always want to fill their stomachs. Nor anyone like them in false speech. Not anyone like them upon meeting the enemy, meaning in terms of cowardice. Not anyone more coward than them when they're meeting the enemy. And they met by this, the Messenger Sallallahu and his companions. The companions, the reciters, those who memorized the Quran, and they were eloquent in reciting or proficient in reciting. So they would make fun. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala rebuked them and if you were to ask them, they were saying we were only يعني, playing and jesting and joking. Is it Allah and His verses and His messenger that you used to jest and joke and make fun? Don't make excuses. You have disbelieved after faith. Allah Messiah is a and Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi said, وَإِنَّ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعَصْرِ مَنْ نَسْمَعْ مِنْهُ مِثْلَ هَذِي الْكَلِمَةِ And in our time, we hear also some people make fun like this. Or worse than this. And he doesn't even consider how severe his statement is. وَلَا يُبَارِيهِ نَسَى اللَّهَ الْعَفَّ وَالْعَافِيَةِ نَسَى اللَّهَ for protection and security. Making fun, that statement that you make with your tongue, the person should be careful. In the abd, he may say a statement. لا يقول كلمة ولا يأخذ لها بال يهوي بها إلى النار ما بين المشرق والمغرب. The person may say a statement. The person said that he may say a statement, and he doesn't realize where it's going to reach. And because of that statement, he enters the hellfire. The distance between the east and the west. So mocking is is uh, mocking the religion is covetous disbelief, and the person. Must, must be careful of falling into, into that. Sheikh Hubayn adds, for example, a person may uh, mock the prayers. Now, mocking the prayers is an aspect of the deen. And it is uh, from the greatest of legislations of the deen. And somebody may say, oh, it's just, uh, they may mock and say, Oh, these are just uh, exercise. It's just exercise. They're just doing exercise. And so they try to mock. In reality, this, these type of statements. Now, oh, it's just, uh, you know, help the person's blood move around the body. They say stuff like that, making fun, intending to make fun of the Muslim, then this is cover. This is disbelief. Now, 
for any aspect of the prayer, say for example, the morning prayer or the asr prayer. Now, why is it that Allah made such a great reward for these two prayers in a mocking sense? Sheikh Hubei says, likewise, this is serious. The person should not mock, rather, the person should learn and protect his deen. And they may make fun of these, يعني, they may, from the hadith, for example, Man Whoever prays the two cool prayers or cold prayers, meaning the Fajr and the Asr, because usually they are cool times, whoever protects those two prayers, he will enter paradise. And the hadith in Bukhari, and the person may say, Ajib, these two prayers are two are reasons for entering paradise. As if he's trying to belittle it and say, what is this? So we have to be careful. Another narration as well, some people belittle that Shaykh Abed has heard. The hadith uh, regards whatever's below the ankles is in the fire in terms of the lower garments that one wears. person should not make fun of this. Rather, this is a serious hadith, it's authentic hadith and it's a serious hadith for those who drag their garments below the ankles. And if they do it out of pride, then it is worse. Then it is worse. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa to protect us and protect us away from falling into such evil, evil statements where the person becomes blinded and heart becomes misguided. Number seven, as-sihr, magic. ومنه الصرف والعطف فمن فعله أو رضي به كفر الدليل قوله تعالى وما يعلمان من أحد حتى يقول إنما نحن فتنة فلا تكفر This is number seven where the author Muhammad Wahab Rahmullah mentions sorcery, magic which includes magic spells that cause a person to hate something he seeks after or loves something he doesn't seek after Yani either by way of breaking up marriages or bringing two people together. The wife may do it on her husband so that he loves her more, for example. And this, they do this common in some countries. They use magic. But she didn't realize, Meskina, that all you have to do is good, cook good food, be good to your husband, and he will love you, inshallah. You don't need to do magic on him. Allah, just be good to your husband. He'll be good to you, inshallah. So whoever performs it or is pleased with it being done has committed disbelief. The proof of this is Allah's statement. And neither of these two angels would teach anyone until they had first said to them, we are only a trial for the people, so do not commit disbelief. It was a Baqarah verse 102. Now, that's called Atf, by the way, that magic where they, they try to... They go to the ignorant people in, the, in some of these countries and they go and the ignorant person tells them, do this, get this, get that, get this, and he puts a concoction together, and it could be something they put in knots, or it could be something they put in a pillow. So every time the person sleeps, now the husband sleeps every time, then halas uh, wakes up like zombie, and like wakes up like halas. He just sees his wife, and that's it. Because she's afraid maybe he'll get married again, so she does this to him. Just go be good to him, inshallah, he won't go anywhere. Uh, and I've seen this with my own eyes. This they call it the dead cloth, the cloth that they wash the dead people with. They use that and they put it in the pillow, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and uh, 
in order for the person, khalas, and he becomes, uh, he, yeah, that's it, whatever she tells him to do, he does it. Allah protect us, Allah. And you know, they have to, in order for magic to occur, they, take, they tell you to do filthy things. The person himself has to commit disbelief to do for magic to, to happen. لقد أخبر الله سبحانه وتعالى أن السحر تعلمه كفر. Indeed, Allah mentioned in these verses that learning sihr is disbelief. ويلزم من ذلك أن العمل به كفر. And what necessitates that is that acting according to it is also kufr. And Allah subhanahu wa taala mentioned those verses which are in Surah Al-Baqarah regarding the angels that tested the people with with this and they tell them this is a test so they do not do it but some people they persist and they use this type of magic either to break up marriages or to as i mentioned the other type which is al-atf فَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ مِنْهُمَا مَا يُفَرِّقُونَ بِهِ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَزَوْجِهِ وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ مَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ In fact, they learn that which will uh, uh, harm them in reality. That which will never harm them nor benefit them. وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنْ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ now, so in reality, they learn that which will harm them and not benefit them. Because magic, learning that is kufr, and acting is kufr. Shaykh Ahmed al-Najmi says, Sarih, Sarih hadihi al-ayah yadullu ala anna ta'alluma sihr kufr. Clearly this verse shows that learning magic is kufr. And al-amala bihi kufr. And doing magic is likewise kufr. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانَ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرَةِ And Sulaiman did not commit kufr, disbelief, but the devils are the ones that committed disbelief. They teach the people magic. فَدَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ تَعْلِيمَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ يُعْتَبَرْ كُفْرًا So this proves that teaching the people magic is also considered to be kufr, disbelief. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned وَمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى الْمَلَكَيْنِ بِبَابِلَ هَارُوتُ وَمَارُوتُ وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ وَدَلَى هَذَا عَلَى أَنَّ تَعَلُمُ السِّحْرِ كُفْرُ Likewise this other verse where the angels tested the people before when the people went towards this test of falling into magic then they told them this is going to harm you or this is going to cause uh, this is a trial in reality so do not commit disbelief they said that to them and the people choose so the one who falls into magic or partakes in that now, then in the Akhirah he has no share. He did not make Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. min ahlin nar. Rather they are from the people of the hellfire. Women yustahiqoon al-adhab. From those who are deserving of punishment. 
Now, so this ayah, very clear, of showing the disbelief of those who practice magic or they learn magic. Whether that magic is to bring two people together or to separate them. Both are haram. There's no such thing as good magic or light magic or magic. Uh, nah. All of it is haram and all of it is kufr. Nah. And the majority of the scholars all of them mention that a sihr and a sihra kufr. That magic is disbelief. And as for Imam al-Shafi then he has further detail on this regard. He says to the Sahir, he says, he says, we say to the magician, what type of sihr did you do? What is it that you did? Yani, is it something that you did that necessitates kufr, necessitates that you um, would do evil evil actions or is it something that is uh, actually is just something that you it's a trick or something that you did all of that is not allowed no doubt but Imam Shafi'i he separates he says worse we, we ask them give us the details of your of your magic to see if it is real magic or not magic he said the takfir of the sahir without tafsir without emphasizing the details regarding that is true that we don't just go around making takfir we have to see what it is that he did na'am inna na'am inna al-qawl bi takfir al-sahir bidun tafsir huwa al-haqq in fact he says the opposite he says the statement that we make takfir of the magician without detail then this is the haqq why because of the verse came in the general sense. وَلِمَا وَرَدَ أَنَّ حَفْصَةَ رَضِيَ الْعَنَا كَانَتْ لَهَا جَارِيَةً فَسَحْرَتْهَا فَأَمْرَتْ بِخَتْلِهَا And also because of what has been reported from Hafsa رَضِيَ الْعَنَا who had a jariyah, a, a servant girl if you like, who did magic. نعم? And in her time, she commanded when she caught her doing this magic, she commanded, or it was commanded that uh, uh, she'll be under the penal code. وفي حديث بجالة قال كتب عمر بن الخطاب أن يقتلوا كل ساحر and also in the hadith where Umar رضي الله عنه in the narration where he mentioned that you should uh, kill the magician this is what they would do at that time under the, the leader under the leader so not for anyone to go around killing people but rather under the leader of the Muslims that they would see the punishment that is befitting for magicians. So at that time this is what they did. Naam. Naam. And three he said were killed in that time. Naam. And also he said that uh, magic person will not end up doing magic unless he does some aspects of disbelief because the, the devils will not leave them they will get them to do filthy things and then he mentioned that Ibn Kathir mentioned his tafsir on the narration of Aisha anha, um, mentioned a long story about exactly 
uh, a situation that transpired. Naam, which he mentioned. Naam, Jaat Tabtari narration Aisha mentions regarding a woman that was seen to be crying, fearing that she would be destroyed about an affair that occurred. Yani occurred to her. And she was crying, saying, I fear that I'm going to be destroyed. Now. And so she said to her that, so Aisha asked her what happened. She said, oh, an old lady came upon me because of a problem I had regarding my husband. So an old lady came upon me and she said to me, do such and such and then tell me what happened. And you do such and such filthy evil act and then tell me what happened. And each time she was careful or she was afraid to do that evil thing. Now, and then each time when she was asked what happened, she said nothing happened. And then it was told to her, you haven't done that thing that I told you to do. From that evil thing. And that evil thing was for her to learn magic. And for her to uh, يعني, do filthy things. Filthy things, يعني, this is what they tell them to do. Urinate over this, over that. يعني, over scriptures, or over in order for the devils to aid her in that which she did. So each time she said, I did, but she didn't do it. Did you see anything? She said, I didn't see anything. And then it was said to her, because you haven't done it, what I told you to do. Until right at the end, she did what she did. Then it was said to her, what did you see? And then she said, I saw something coming out of me, going away from me. And they said, now you have done it. And what was that interpreted as? That was interpreted as her Iman leaving her. So the people who do these evil things, yani do, do magic, devils will not aid them unless they do filthy things. Unless they do evil, filthy things. And also uh, the scholars have mentioned that in their books. Now, so the person keep away from, from these evil things and know that the devils only want the person to enter the hellfire. And this is what they do in order, one of the ways of getting the people to fall into the hellfire is get them to do these evil things. And you see it. You see it in some of the communities in Salah Salama and they cause so much harm in the communities. And that's why their had punishment is as it is because of the harm they cause. <coughs> no. Shaykh Ahmed al-Najmi continues, he says, And from the proofs also, that uh, proved to us that the 
uh, person cannot will not be able to do magic unless he disbelieves is because of the devils around the magicians the devils command them to do this as we mentioned devils would condition for them or make a condition that we will not aid you until you do these filthy things like putting the Quran in the in the filthy places and urinating over it he says or you put it in your shoe and walk over it for 40 days they'll have these evil things they'll try and get these people to do these evil things in order for the for the devils to be sure that this person is a devil like them and then they help them in their in their devilish acts in their acts of sihr the person must know that he is able to overcome a sihr by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah said la yuflihu sahir haythu ata the magician will never succeed wherever he comes from from whatever direction he comes from he will never succeed except with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will never be able to succeed. So we seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against these magicians. We seek the help of Allah against these devils. By protecting oneself with the adhkar of the morning and in the evening. And with the quls, qulullahu ahad, qulullahu al-falaq, nas three times in the morning, three times in the evening, suffice you. By reading ayat al-kursi after every prayer. Reading ayat al-kursi regularly because it's hard against shaitan. It's hard against shaitan. Nah. Then, with regards to the hat punishment over the magician, Sheikh Ahmad Najmi uh, says that is if they do not openly profess their tawbah, their yani, uh, repentance. And then he mentioned the two types of magic the magic that actually has ta'thir, has. Uh, an effect on upon the person and the sihr takhyil the magic that is like an illusion only so the first type sihr ta'thir فهو الذي يحصل به للمسحور تخيلات this is whereby the person who's where magic has occurred on them he starts imagining things and he will you not find that person stable always in problems, always looking unstable, never in a situation of tranquility and calmness and rest, always you never find him having insane being sane, rather that person is always and he will go to the hospital and they will say to him there's nothing wrong with you and he will try this doctor and that doctor and what he has is magic because others have done magic to him so how can he get out of that situation? He gets out of that situation by calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing that Allah is the one who can remove all harm. Likewise, doing the adhkar in the morning and in the evening, keeping up his ibadah, being with the righteous and seven ajwa dates, for example, in the morning. Whoever has seven ajwa dates in the morning, he has that on a regular basis then he will not be harmed by magic and poison, as the hadith mentions. And other 
things that they can do, other scholars mention, and they say there's no hadith about it, but they say out of tajriba, out of yeah, any uh, experience of other people, that it works for some people, and it works for some people, that is, they get these cedar leaves and they put water in them and then they put it over their heads and they wash with them. And this is something that some of the scholars say that actually uh, worked for some people. So, as for going to do magic, to un uh, magic to undo magic, then that's not allowed. Going to another magician to undo the magic of the first one is not allowed because they're all disbelievers. All of them disbelieved. When they end up doing magic, they dis disbelieved. Devils will not aid them in magic unless they disbelieve. Then he mentioned regarding a hadith on magic that Aisha said, the Prophet magic was done on him, such that he used to uh, believe that he had done something and he didn't do it in reality. Now, and then he supplicated to Allah one day, said to Aisha, did you come to realize, O oh Aisha, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned to me something of revelation in that which I asked him regarding? And she said, What is that, O oh Messenger of Allah? He said to her, In reality, two men came to me, one of them at my head and one of them at my feet. And he said to them, and one of them said to the other, What is the pain of this man? Meaning Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The other angel said to the, the, the other angel that he is matbub, which means magic has been done on him. And who did that magic? It was said, the other one said, Labid ibn al-Asam, al-Yahudi, the Jewish man, from Bani Ruzaiq. He's the one who did that. And in what? He said he did it in Fimushtin Umushatatin Ujufatalin Nahlin Dakar. And that is give you the translation of that. And that is Yani explaining to him exactly where that occurred, what was the magic that it was, and that is and a hadith which is mentioned uh, that it was taken from his hair from a comb and it is in a date palm so and so date palm tree and in a place a dry date palm tree in such and such place and he said where is that he said in a bitter called in a well called the Arwan so alhamdulillah the Prophet went to that place with his companions to that well and he looked inside it and he saw he saw where that magic was done by the Jewish Labid by the Jewish man named Labid so alhamdulillah the magic was known where it was and he himself said that, that place you can see the whole color of the water has been changed because of the magic and the plants around that area you could see they look like the heads of devils no. And then she asked 
Oh, Messenger of Allah, did you actually take out the magic from that place? You now found it, but did you take it out? He said, no. As for me, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured me, yani, from this magic. As for the second type of magic, which is sihr al-takhyin, this is similar to what happened with uh, those with Fir'aun. فَلَمَّا أَلْقَوْ this is by way of illusions. They will do tricks in order to make the eyes yani, uh, believe something, whereas it's not. So they will be deceived. Likewise, Allah mentions, is referring to the people of Fir'aun, the magicians of Fir'aun, and the uh, meeting with Musa and Musa defeated their magic or their illusions. And then they, subhanAllah, prostrated or bowed down, and they said, we believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. So this, this magic person should keep away from it, of course, and not play with it. It's not an issue of games, of don't even go into that. Illusion, illusions, deception, trickery. Don't teach your children these things. Because you never know how far it will go. A person should be careful for himself and for his family. These are not and these are serious matters and we teach our children to keep away from that, from these types of magic or trickery. No. And rather our deen is not based upon deceiving people. Our deen is based upon truthfulness. And honesty. We teach our children to be honest and not to deceive, even if we're playing games. Now, الثامنو, which is the eighth one, is مضاهرة المشركين ومعاونتهم على المسلمين. He said here, the eighth nullifier, which is supporting and assisting the polytheists against the Muslims. The proof of this is Allah's statement and whoever amongst you takes them, meaning disbelievers as allies and protectors, then he is indeed from them. Verily Allah does not guide a, pe a wrongdoing people. So it's Ma'idah 51. Here Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi rahmullah, he said, مَنْ أَعَانَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَالْكَافِرِينَ وَالْيَهُودُ النَّصَارَى عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَهَادَا يُعَدُّ كَافِرًا So whoever helps the polytheists and disbelievers, the Jews and the Christians, over the Muslims, then he is, this, he is uh, considered or is considered to be from the disbelievers. And his actions are actions of disbelief. Because uh, showing that uh, uh, closest with the disbelievers over the believers, then that shows that the person is allied towards them, against the Muslims. And that is proof that they have they love their path, meaning their disbelieving path. The fact that you aided them against the Muslims. Now and that you would aid them in the destruction of Al Islam. No doubt this is disbelief. Mujibun al-Khuruj min al-Milla, which necessitates leaving 
the path of Islam والعياذ بالله وليس المراد بتولي المشركين والكفار التعاون معهم على شيء محرم مما حرمه الإسلام ومنعه وقد كتبت في هذا الموضوع فتوى فيها شيء من التفصيل نعم and to wali he's saying here there may be an affair maybe an affair where you are both the disbelievers and yourselves are both aiding to fight something that is prohibited or something that is not allowed this is not considered to be to wali it's not considered to be having allies with them against the believers rather if you both supporting an affair or fighting terrorism or fighting against uh, uh, yani a particular harm that is in, a, in the society then no doubt that is not called tawalli that is not from wala towards them meaning allegiance towards them rather this is uh, fighting against a great, uh, evil wherever, wherever that evil comes wherever that evil comes you both have common ground in fighting that evil then now that is allowed. Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna many years ago we asked him, Oh Sheikh, if you know somebody is going to cause harm in your country, in your area, and he's going to bomb a people indiscriminately, can you tell the authorities in order to get that person so that the person is uh, uh, imprisoned? and doesn't harm the people because they could kill Muslims, non-Muslims, they could kill women, children. Sheikh Muhammad bin Rahman said, yes, if you know for sure. Then yes, why? Because this person is going to kill everyone and anyone. He's going to be killing indiscriminately and he's going to be killing innocent people. So of course, that is not from allying against the Muslims. Rather, this is aiding that the Muslims don't get harmed and that the innocent people don't get harmed because what have women got to do with any battle? What have men got to do with any battle when there is no battle in their country? Nor is it a battlefield. So why would they uh, uh, allow killing of innocent people and children? So this is all not allowed and the repercussions of that are is only going to harm the Muslims. So he said yes. And this is not from Tawalli. And we know, know the story of Hatib ibn Abi anhu, who had left or had left his family in Mecca and he migrated to Medina. But fearing for his family, he told the politics about the whereabouts of Rasulullah when he was leaving, when he was going to a certain place. He was telling the Mushrikeen of Mecca that this is what's happening by writing to them. One of the letters got and he found Prophet saw in the dream, his dream or he got revelation and one of the letters was found and he brought to the Messenger Sallallahu Prophet Sallallahu called Hatib said come what is this our Hatib and Umar was ready to strike him but the Prophet said leave him and Hatib explained the Messenger of Allah I have family back in Mecca and I feared for them the Mushrikun ready to kill them and harm them. And in order for them not to, uh, I had uh, accepted that I would يعني, do this. Of 
course, it's not out of love for them against the Muslims. But Hatib, who witnessed the Battle of Badr, who was a Sahabi, a great companion, who loved the Rasulullah, loved the deen, he feared for his family. And so the Prophet, he said, it may be that Allah saw the people of Badr and said, do as you wish. Meaning, they were so pious that these actions did not actually reduce their piety. They were upon Iman, and they were upon Khair. And Hatib was one of them. He was upon Khair, upon Iman. But he fared for his family in this manner. This story here is a proof against the Takfiris. A proof against them because had it been them, they would go around making takfir of Hatib radiallahu anhu. They would go and make takfir of the Sahabi radiallahu anhu, even though he had his reasons for <coughs> doing what he did under such difficult circumstances. So Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi has written on this topic extensively, clarifying this. They say that because some people they consider helping the disbelievers against terrorism that which Allah has already forbidden and his messengers have already forbidden this terrorism and they made this and they considered this to be disbelief and leaving the deen وَالْحَقُّ الَّذِي يَجِبُ الْمَصِيرِ إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ إِذَا عُرِضَتْ عَلَيْنَا فِئَةٌ مِنْ فِئَةِ الْكُبْرِ أَنَّ تَعَاوَنُ مَعَهَا وَتَتَعَاوَنُ مَعَنَا عَلَى مُحَارَبَةِ شَيْءٍ مِمَّا يَمْنَعُ الْإِسْلَامِ But in reality, if we come to a situation where the disbelievers come to us to cooperate with them with regards Something that Islam itself prohibits. Yani Allah prohibits Himself. And that you together eradicate this evil like terrorism, then this is allowed. Rather, this is something which is which, which is done. This is It's upon us to do that. Why? Because of the harm that is caused if you don't. And also the greater benefit that you do if you do. And that is to eradicate this evil. The evil of terrorism, of killing indiscriminately, the Prophet did not kill women, children in a battlefield. We're not even in a battlefield. And in a battlefield, you're not even allowed to kill women and children. So, now, if the situation comes, now, with regards uh, stopping fornication and adultery or stopping uh, terrorism, he says, such as the bombings, which is the bombings of innocent people, and amongst them Muslims will die. Naam, and these uh, evil individuals claim that this is ibadah to them to kill indiscriminately. Then we say yes, we can cooperate in eradicating this evil in our, from our societies. Naam. but if a group from the disbelievers say, for example, be with us in fighting the hijab and eradicating the hijab. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not command that rabbah that is not allowed for us to cooperate with them in eradicating the hijab or the bed 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded with that. These are things that we do not cooperate with them in. <coughs> so this is la yajuz, he says Lena. بَلْ مَنْ فَعَلَهُ وَتَعَوْنَ مَعَهُمْ فِيهِ وَظَاهَرَهُمْ عَلَيْهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُعَدُّ مُتَوَلِّيَ So one helps them in eradicating that which is known in the deen, like the hijab and the beard, and the aspects of the deen which are open, then in reality he is the one who has aided them in that and shown his allegiance to them in that. And this is from the types of ridda, types which make a person leave the deen. Number nine, من اعتقد أن بعض الناس يسعوا الخروج عن شريعة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم كما وسع الخدرة الخروج عن شريعة موسى عليه الصلاة والسلام فهو كافر Number nine That whoever believes that it is permitted for some people to be free from implementing the sharia the revealed laws of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم in Islam just as it was permitted for khidr to be free from the sharia of موسى then he is a disbeliever. Here, Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi said, Inna shari'at Muhammad s.a.w. shari'atun amma lijami'an al-ard. That the sharia of Muhammad s.a.w. is a legislation for all of the people on earth. Insuhum wa jinnuhum. The people on earth as well as the jinn of the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Qul ya yuhal nas, say, O people, Inni Rasulullah ilaykum jami'a. I am the messenger of Allah to all of you. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, u'atitu khamsan lam yu'ahunna ahadun qabli. I've been given five. No, no one has been given any of these. Any, no one has been given these five before me. Any of prophets and messengers that came. وَمِنْهَا وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يُبْعَثُ إِلَى قَوْمِهِ خَاصَّةً And that is, in the past, a messenger will be sent to his specific nation. وَبُعِثْتُ إِلَى النَّاسِ جَمِيعًا As for me, I've been sent to all of the people. Hadith which is in Bukhari and Muslim. فَرَبَّمَا He said, فَرَبَّمَا أَنَّ بَعْضَ الْجُهَالِ يَتَقِدُ جَوَازُ الْخُرُوجَ عَنْ شَرِعَةِ مُحَمَّدٍ that is allowed to have a choice in leaving the Sharia of Muhammad without any consequences. Without him leaving, in reality, leaving Islam. They may use as an example, oh, but Khidr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him knowledge that he didn't give Musa. And Musa went with Khidr in order to learn that knowledge. But this is from their ignorance, that they didn't. They were, they, this is from their ignorance to use this example of Khidr and Musa rather Khidr didn't just choose his own legislation it was hikmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Musa والسلام, to learn from Khidr a particular matter or particular benefit because Musa والسلام, when he was asked who is the most knowledgeable he didn't say Allahu A'lam and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him that there is someone who has knowledge that you don't have. So this is what is, it is proof of. And it's not a proof of anyone going against the Sharia of Muhammad and not applying it in their lives. Now, now, and this is a refutation of the Sufis who say that Khidr went against the Sharia of Muhammad or chose a way 
that is يعني, a different way which is knowledge not like knowledge of the Prophet and revelation but this is knowledge of kashf يعني, knowledge of just it comes from the sky and they believe that they Sufis are getting this additional knowledge just like Khidr got this initial Khidr got knowledge that is revelation you are not getting all Sufi revelation you're getting bad dreams from Shaitan maybe it seems but not revelation how is revelation and Khidr he said that which Allah gave me where is, where is your proof Allah gave you this additional knowledge so these Sufis are very يعني, deceptive they will go around the Sufi Shaykhs and claim that they have specific knowledge or knowledge that is from Kash and knowledge that just comes يعني, from, this, from Allah to them in reality they lie about Allah they lie about themselves and they claim to know affairs of the unseen which in itself is Tamatul Kubra a great evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, even the messenger doesn't know the unseen unconditionally. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُ أَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبِ لَسْتَكْثَرْتُ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ وَمَا مَسَنِيَ السُّوءِ Say, if I had known the unseen, I would have done more good and no harm would have touched me. If he had known the unseen, why would he take, as Shaykh Rabbi says, why would he take somebody proficient in uh, in knowing the direction to Medina? Yani somebody who knows the map of the mountains and valleys on the way to Medina. Why would he get someone who's proficient in knowing the way? If he knows the unseen, khalas, just follow the unseen what he knows and go to Medina in the shortest route. But no, he took somebody who's proficient in, in map reading or in knowing the exact course through mountains and valleys to get to Medina. If he knew the unseen, he would have seen the poison that was given to him in the meat as a gift from the Jewish lady when she gave him the meat. He didn't see it because he didn't know the unseen. And many proofs like that. If he had known the unseen, huh, then if he had known the unseen, then he would know many affairs of battles, what was transpiring, what wasn't, and he could have avoided many, many things. The Messenger of Allah did not know the unseen unconditionally. more good if I'd known the unseen. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, And with Allah, the keys to the unseen, no one knows it but Him. And Allah mentioned in the last part of Surah Al-Luqman in Allah عنده علم الساعة وينزل الغيث ويعلم ما في الأرحام وما تدري نفس ماذا تكسب غدا وما تدري نفس بأي أرض تموت إن الله عليم الخبير Five things of the unseen Prophet did not know this Indeed Allah in Allah knows the hour what the Prophet say ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل The one being questioned does know more than the questioner Didn't know the unseen the, the hour he doesn't know he doesn't know when it's going to rain only Allah knows. Doesn't know what's in the womb of the mother when she's pregnant. Could be boy or girl. Doesn't know. Allah Even the, the, the doctors, they don't know. We have a doctor here. When do they know? After what? Five months? Six months? They, they, 
And they just guess. They say it's going to be a boy, you buy all these clothes for a boy, then it's a girl. SubhanAllah. You don't know for sure. Most cases they get it right with this, but only after how many months? Nobody knows where they're going to die. Only Allah SWT knows. Nobody knows where they're going to earn the next day. Only Allah SWT knows. If he knew, then why would he wake up one day and say, what is there any food or Aisha? And she will say no. He will say, okay, today I'm fasting. Another day, or Aisha, any food? If he knew, then why would he ask her? And you say, yes, there's, there's, there's dry bread. And then you say to her, anything to go with it? Yes, there's vinegar. Vinegar with dry bread. He said, what a beautiful additive vinegar is. Yani, what a delicious additive vinegar is. And he would use that vinegar to soften the dry bread. So, the fear of this, of yani, leaving the Sharia of Muhammad this is not possible for anyone if they, were, if they are to remain as Muslims. Rather, the Sufis, when they claim that, they are misguided, and they say that Khidr is still alive. How is Khidr still alive? When the Prophet in his lifetime said, in a hundred years from now, whoever was alive, is not going to be alive. That was in his time, 1400 years ago. And Khidr died much before that. But even if you, argue, for argument's sake, that he lived up to the time of Rasulullah, he's not going to be living after that. So why are you claiming, oh Sufis, that Khidr came to you in the night, and he told you what you're saying, that was no Khidr, that was Shaitan who came to you misguiding you nah, these phonies, these liars these fabricators of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these Sufis doing all these different types of bid'ah and shirk when you read it in the tabligh al-nisab shirk claiming certain peers know the unseen all of that is not allowed the deen of Allah is complete and what is complete you cannot add to it and you have Sufis and they are so staunch in what they are doing thinking that is true did Rasulullah do what you are doing in your, in your ibadah, in your so-called dhikr sessions? Switch off the light and make dhikr say who, who. Of course you're going to say who when the light is off because you can't see anyone where they are. So of course you're going to say who. <laughs> what is this? Allah is, is, and then they say, the Rasul said this is what, if, and this one I can't believe it. He said, if the people say that you are crazy, they know that this is good. The Prophet said that to them, apparently. That if people say that you are crazy, then, he, then in the footnote, like you have to put in the footnote, and in reality, not crazy, we're just following the Sunnah. So how is the Sunnah of Rasulullah to do that? That type of craziness, switching off the light, and saying who to everyone. Wallahi, who is this? It's if the Prophet, first of all, the Prophet didn't say it. The Prophet didn't say it. Secondly, yes, you are crazy. Why? Because Imam Malik rahimullah, said that. I didn't say it. Imam Malik said that. It was said to him, Oh Imam Malik, there is a group of people, they do their ibadah, their dhikr by dancing. He said, Are they children? Because you expect them children, just the dancing. He said, No, they have grown men. He laughed all the way home. <laughs> and Imam Malik. He says, are they crazy? And he said, are they majnoon? Are they crazy? So, subhanAllah, he, and he laughed. And the students of Malik, they said, subhanAllah, mashallah, we ain't seen him laugh, smiling for how many years, laughing for how many years. The first time we see him laughing. 
Yani all the way to. And there's a nice. Uh, anyway, that one we could. <laughs> In the books of Ilal, Ilal al-Tirmidhi, it has many of these stories. Many of these stories of the, how Ahl al-Hadith used to see these innovators and liars about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the children would recognize that they are lying, these storytellers. And in there, the children, they ask one Sufi sheikh, they ask him, it's in Ilal al-Tirmidhi, believe it or not. And Sheikh Rabbi was, was going over it. And the, the question was, they said, Oh, Sheikh. Now, <laughs> if, and they asked this question, Oh, Sheikh, if a dead chicken gives birth, in that case, if a dead chicken lays an egg, and it's a dead chicken. They're just laughing at the man. They said, if a dead chicken lays an egg. <laughs> and he's looking for the answer. <laughs> if a dead chicken is, what is, what, what is the ruling? If a dead chicken lays an egg. <laughs> and they would laugh at the dead chicken is an egg. And this Sufi Sheikh is trying to give an answer, you know, he's, uh, trying to wait for the kashf to come to give an answer. <laughs> what is the answer to dead chicken laying an egg? <laughs> So Sheikh Rabbi at that time, he was in his house, he was going over that. I never saw him laugh <laughs> as much that day. He was trying to hold it in, then he would laugh again and say, Dead chicken laying an egg. Dead chicken. <laughs> so the books of Ilal, you'll find them like saying some of the, refuting some of the, yani the lies of these individuals who say that we have a sharia or way that has been given to us other than the way of Rasulullah and they use Khidr as a proof to say, look, he, he didn't follow the legislation of Musa and his own legislation of Kashf or whatever, and that's all wrong, brother. Nah. Because he said, Mimma allamani Rabbi Rushda, what Allah has taught me. So this is revelation. Tenth one is Al I'rad and Dinillahi Ta'ala. La yata'allamuhu wa la ya'malu bihi is turning away from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't learn it, nor does he act in it, in accordance to it. Turning away from Allah's religion, not learning it or implementing it, is an act of disbelief. The proof for this is Allah saying, and who does more wrong than he who is reminded of the ayat of his Lord, then turns away from them. Verily, we shall extract retribution from the criminals. Then, uh, Sheikh Muhammad says there is no difference with regards to committing any of these nullifiers between the one who jokes, the one who is serious, or the one who does it out of fear. However, the one who commits them due to be coerced and he forced is excused. All of these ten matters are from the gravest in danger and from those that most often occur. So the Muslim must be aware, the Muslim must beware of them and fear from these acts befalling him. We seek refuge in Allah from those things that bring about his anger and painful punishment. Amin. May their peace and blessings be upon the best of his creature, creatures, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi ends this section. He says, turn away from the deen of Allah, and not learning it, and not acting according to it, 
Like for example, leaving the Shahada. La ilaha illallah. That none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Or a person says it with his tongue, but he doesn't learn its meaning. And doesn't learn those things which negate it. Or those things that show its compliance. So if the person is called to, say, to learn the meaning of La ilaha illallah, such that he doesn't fall into it's, uh, that which nullifies it, he turns away. Arrogantly, rejecting with pride and haughtiness. So therefore, now he's in reality falling into that which negates it. Negates La ilaha illallah, meaning he falls into kufr. Now, and then he mentions like those who worship the, the so-called awliya or going to the magicians or going to the star tellers and the fortune tellers and the star readers or they go and do tawaf they circumambulate the graves and they make their oaths towards that so all of these acts of worship or they pray now or they turn away from praying a prayer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded because prayer is Amud al-Din, pillar of Islam so all of this type of i'rad of turn away from the fundamentals of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the person cannot be Muslim except by accepting these foundations or fundamentals of this deen accepting it and fulfilling it he learns it and acts according to it. So the one who turns away from the usul, from the foundations of this deen and its principles, he says, and turns away from accepting it and from learning it and from practicing it, then he is a disbeliever, the disbelief which is called irad, yani disbelief of turning away, of rejection. And kufr are four types, he says. Kufr al-Irad, the one who turns away. The second one, the Kufr of denial. Like the Kufr of Quraysh, they denied the message. So the first one is al-Irad, the one who turns away from accepting it and practicing it. The second one is Kufr al-Takdib, the one who denies it, like the Kufar of Quraysh. Kufr al-Vainad, the Kufr of Persistent rejection, which is the kufr of Iblis, and fourthly the kufr of Fir'aun, which is وَجَحَّدُوا بِهَا وَاسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ ظُلْمًا وَعْلُوَّ Out of pride and arrogance, they persistently rejected. Out of pride, kufr of pride. And rejection. And he also mentions an additional one that is kufr shirk billah, the kufr which is associated in partners with Allah. Such that he says Allah, he believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a partner, or that he believes the awliya, that there are uh, those whom have a place with Allah, meaning they can call upon them besides Allah. That they are intermediaries, like the cover of the 
Sufis who believe the uh, there are individuals who are, inter, who are and they have intermediaries. There are intermediaries with them, between them and Allah, and they say, illa We do not worship them except that they make get us closer to Allah. This is not how you get closer to Allah. The Prophet showed you how to get close to Allah to worship Allah alone, to call upon Allah alone. When you ask, ask Allah alone. Now ask so and so, so and so. Just like the Christians, they say, ask Jesus. Or they go to a confession box and they say to the, to the person, to the priest, their sins. And then he says, go, you are forgiven, my son. That is the way of the Christians. Why do you want to follow the way of the Christians? Who have changed the scriptures. Naam. And as for the last part of kufr that he mentions, is the kufr of hypocrisy in belief. And some people say actually that comes under the kufr of denial, of denying or rejecting the truth. But some of them say that this is a specific, separate uh, type of disbelief. And uh, four of these types of kufr were mentioned uh, by some of the scholars, like Sanani mentioned it in his Fil-Udda. And likewise, Hafid al-Hakami mentioned it in his Jawhar al-Farida, Jawhrat al-Farida. And here, Sheikh Sahib Tayyib Rahmullah mentioned five, he says. So with that, the last part of this Risala comes to an end, but he has a next, just an extra page where he says, he explains the next bit, he says, the last part of this, uh, what the uh, author mentioned, that the person must be, as a Muslim, be careful, must be careful not to fall into any of these ten, which are most common, whether he's joking or whether he's serious, he should be careful from not yani, falling into any of these ten such that he doesn't lose that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him of Iman, rather the person remains a Muslim and he strives to be a mu'min. He doesn't joke about these affairs, they are serious, and the punishment of them, of these affairs, is serious as well, because the person falls into disbelief. So no one should belittle any of these aspects, because they are playing with the fire, he says, la binnar. They are playing with the fire because of the because of the uh, gravity of the danger. And the gravity of the sins. So Al Hadar Al Hadar. Be warned, be warned. Naam of any of these. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had mentioned this and mentioned also the punishment of those who fall into this in this life and in the hereafter. As for the kufr of being forced and coerced, like what happened to Ammar ibn Yasir, anhu, and the mushrikun, the polytheists, they grabbed him and they said to him, revile the Rasul, revile the Rasul. And otherwise they would have killed him. They already killed his family. And he came to the messenger and crying, said, I have done what they told me to do. He said, How did you find your heart? He said, Full of Iman. He said, If 
they come back again and say do the same, you come back as well and say the same. Why? Because you didn't say it from your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that verse thereafter. إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَا وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ Except the one is forced and his heart is full of iman. As for the one who's just afraid, نعم, then being afraid is not sufficient for, for you to say or to do an act of kufr. And it's not considered to be under coercion or being forced just by mere being afraid. No. But as for being coerced and already about to kill you, then that's different. And here he said, finally, we must, uh, we must mention. He said, looking at the situation of Ammar ibn Yasir, is there a difference between a statement and an act? The statement of Kuvar is what they wanted from him. And he was being coerced. But as for the act of Kuvar, of, for example, prostrating to an idol, and you are forced to do that, he said, this is different. This is not allowed. Or sacrificing to it. This is an act. It's not just a statement. It's an act. So, this is... A serious matter. Whoever is called to prostrate to a to an idol, or to do from the acts of shirk al-akbar, is there any leeway for that person? Any excuse? Any verse revealed that is allowed to do that? Regarding Ammar, there is, but that's regarding a statement. But as for action, then there is a hadith. Naam. Where the Messenger said the person will enter paradise, a man will enter paradise regarding a, a fly or a mosquito, and he will enter the hellfire likewise regarding that. What was it? They are, the Mushrikun, the policists, they said to him, sacrifice something even if it is as small as a fly or as small as a mosquito. So the person, one of them, refused and they put him in a hot. Uh, yeah, and a cauldron of water boiling wood and he was boiled and he died and he went to paradise and the other one did it and he went to the hellfire they saved him but they went to the, he went to the hellfire thereafter why? because he sacrificed it was an action to evident Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is proof he says which distinguishes between a statement and an action no. But then he said, however, he says, If he believes that he is allowed to do that. The condition here is, he believes when he sacrifices to other than Allah, that he is allowed to sacrifice to other than Allah. That is the person who will enter the hellfire because of his belief. But if he is forced, نعم. نعم. This is here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So if he believes 
that is allowed for him to sacrifice to Abu Allah, even if it is a fly or a mosquito, then he disbelieves in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he believes in a statement of shirk, he believes in an act of shirk which is not allowed. Due to his belief. Because coercion is regards his statements, not his actions. Then he says to there was a, one or two questions here. I think I left it in the room. Yeah, here it is. Uh, what is what is innovation, and does it make someone a non-Muslim? Innovation is bid'ah, which is something new in the religion. Imam al-Shatib and Imam al-Tartushi they mentioned what innovation is. Naam, they described it as being ismun, or aslu had al-kalima, min ikhtira' invention, something new. Wa huwa min ghayri aslin sabaq, without a previous foundation. Wala mithal, wala mithalun uhtudiya, nor an example can be given of it because it didn't happen at the time of Rasulullah. And the person who does this innovation, he intends by it to worship Allah. So it is something new. Allah mentioned in the Quran that He originated the heavens and the earth, meaning no one preceded Him in that. And the same letters are used meaning Ba, Dal, and Ain. Those three letters are in this verse, Badi'u samawati wal because no one preceded Allah in that. So bid'ah is that which no one has preceded in that act of worship, and you are the first one, or someone preceded you after the coming of Messenger Sallallahu and the Sahaba, then they, then somebody came like the bid'ah of Mawlid, which came 400 years after the death of the Messenger Sallallahu by the Fatimiyah sect in Egypt, the Shia Rafidi sect, in Egypt, they innovated the Mawlid, the Prophet's birthday. And thereafter it became uh, yani, widespread amongst the Muslim communities. So it became widespread and practiced. Does it change? It's from innovation to Sunnah? No, it doesn't. Innovation is still innovation. And all innovation is rejected. All innovation in the religion is rejected. As for innovation in the dunya, before they had camels to transport to transport themselves go places, now there's cars, this is allowed. And this Yasir Qadi he starts using examples, he says, oh, if innovation, if all innovation is not allowed, why we have now, like uh, the Adan was done outside, and now we have microphone, and these are affairs of the dunya, not of the team. Why are you bringing that example? The Prophet said, All innovation is misguidance. All mis... He didn't say, Illa, except this, except... All of it is misguidance. Abdullah ibn Umar said, 
All of the all of innovation is misguidance, even if the people see it as good. So I will take Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu statement. Then Yazid Qadi mentions what Ibn Abil Aziz, as far as I remember, it's Ibn Abil Aziz who mentions the categorizations of bid'ah being five. The bid'ah, like the five ahkam, the mustahab bid'ah that is mustahab, bid'ah that is haram, bid'ah that is makru. He mentioned this. One of the scholars of the past mentioned this, but he was mistaken. Imam al-Shatibi after him refuted this and said, no, this is incorrect. You can't have bid'ah mustahabba. All of bid'ah is dalala. What mustahabba? Dalala. So what Yasir Qadi tries to do is, he tries to follow the shawad, tries to follow the errors throughout generations of different people, different uh, 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 scholars, and they will try to find any errors and then put it out into the masses. But the issue is, alhamdulillah, it's easily refuted because those errors are already refuted by the scholars. So, would you say to him, Akhi, the ulama have already refuted these affairs. And your path of destruction is because you whom you hang around with. And that's why you went more and more astray. The person is upon the religion of his friend. So let each and every one of you choose whom you take as a friend. I remember many years ago, you were with a group of Sufis and you said, I feel so much love in the air, so much brotherhood and love in the air, so much piety. And I said that to Sheikh Ubaid al-Jabri and he replied and says, the people of innovation don't have piety. If they had piety, they wouldn't be on innovation. They wouldn't follow the bid'ah. People of innovation, if they had piety, then they wouldn't follow their desires. They wouldn't follow their desires. Rather, when the truth comes to them, they should follow the sunnah of the Messenger. And he himself praises political activists, those who, who were refuted in the 90s. Like Salman al-Awda, he says... He says he is the mujaddid of this time. Mujaddid, yes, of bid'ah. The mujaddid, revival of bid'ah, because he said, he said there's two types of shirk in his book, Hakada al-Allamul Anbiya. Hakada al-Allamul Anbiya. He said there's two types of shirk. And you think he's going to say major and minor, like what the scholars say. No, he said there's modern and primitive. Modern shirk is the rulers, not only Allah's law. Primitive shirk is the idols, uh, sorry, graves that worship besides Allah, tawaf around the graves, dua, lughayrillah. He said that is primitive, as if it doesn't exist today. So he wants to take your focus away from these types of shirk which are prevalent in the Muslim countries. Rather, all of them are present. All of that type of shirk is present. And the, يعني, the shirk of dua, lughayrillah, the shirk of tawakul, lughayrillah, the shirk of uh, relying on these talismans, the shirk of going to the graves and sacrificing to the dead and doing tawaf around it. All of that is prevalent. It's not primitive. So this is your mujaddid, يعني, that he would say such a thing. And he said that in the 90s. So we are careful. We know where you drink. Everyone knows now where you get your drink from. And likewise, the Prophet or is, uh, likewise, the Prophet he warned against bid'ah before he appeared. 
The Sahaba warned against bid'ah. The Prophet said, "Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Madiyin." And at the end of that hadith, he said, "Wa'iyakum muhdathat al-Umur," and be warned of the newly invented matters. فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ. Know that every newly invented matter is an innovation, and every innovation leads to the fire. The imma of the past they warn against bid'ah severely. Imam Malik, rahimullah, when it was said to him, I want to do Umrah, my intention for Umrah, from, from my house. Imam Malik said to him, do it from Dhul Hulayfa. You're in Medina, do it from Dhul Hulayfa. That's the Miqat. He said, what could be fitna? What could be a problem? What could be a problem in extra miles that I increase? And then Imam Malik recited to him, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أو يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let those beware go against his command, lest a fitna befall them or a grievous punishment. That is the fitna that you turned away from the Messenger That is the fitna that you chose or you thought there's a path better than the path of Rasulullah And whoever claims or does an act of innovation, a bid'ah, then it is as if he has claimed Rasulullah has deceived the message. So the matter is serious. The matter of bid'ah is serious. One of them put up on the net, subhanAllah, he put up on the net what is the fuss about. Yani, regarding the bid'ah of Shababarat, of the 15th of Shaban. What's the fuss about? People are doing ibadah, people. SubhanAllah. Those people doing ibadah, are they better than Rasulullah? The fuss is, Prophet did not specify a particular act of worship on that night. So that is what the fuss is about. It's about people adding to the religion that which wasn't there. And Imam Malik said what was sufficient for them is sufficient for you. The Sunnah is like the Ark of Noah. Whoever boards it is saved. Be on the Sunnah. We don't need bid'ah. We've got enough to get on with the Sunnah. Thousands of ahadith. If you've done all that now, you just want to do extra. Just do that which the Prophet gave you. Ibn Mas'ud said, Iqtisadun fi sunnah khayrun min ishtihadi fi bid'ah. Economizing upon the sunnah is better than striving upon bid'ah. So, what is required of you is not many deeds. What is required of you is correct deeds. Correct deeds, if there are many, alhamdulillah, biha wa khayr. Allah said in the Quran, liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsanu amala. So it's mulk. Allah has created us to test us those who do correct deeds. He didn't say many days, أكثر amala. He said, أحسن amala. So yes, you will find listeners, and you will find likes, and you will find followers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call you to account for misguiding many people. Allah will call you to account for that. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect yourself away from these type of misguidance, and away from deviation. For if you continue the way you are, then indeed, Allah is your reckoner, no doubt. And Allah will bring you to account for misguided many. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ دَلَ النَّاسِ عَلَى خَيْرٍ كَانَ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مَنْ تَبِعَهِ لَا يَنْقُصُ مِنْ أُجُرِهِمْ شَيْعَةً Whoever calls the people to good, he will have the reward of all those that follow him upon that good. Without their reward diminishing. مَنْ دَلَ النَّاسِ عَلَى إِثْمْ كَانَ لَهُ مِنَ الْآثَامِ مَنْ تَبِعَهِ he will have the punishment or the wizard of all those that follow him upon that.
Bid'ah is worse than sin. As Sufyan al-Thawr said, Bid'ah is worse than sin. Because a person may repent from his sin, but not necessarily from his bid'ah. Why? Because he thinks he's doing good. So bid'ah, the scholars of Ahl-Sunnah past and present, they warn against bid'ah because of the dangers of it. This questioner says, My father was upon Sufiyah, but I gave him da'wah. Before he died, he said shahada, so would I be hopeful he left his shirk. The person was upon Sufiyah way, upon, if he was upon Sufiyah way, upon calling upon other than Allah, going to the graves, then the person must leave that. And if you call him to leave that, and he, say, and he stop that, alhamdulillah, inshallah, we hope good for him if you called him away from that and he'd left that. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows يعني, where he will go. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Because the way of Ahl Sunnah, we don't say Fulan is Shaheed or Fulan is in the hellfire, Fulan is. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But He has given us يعني, that which will help us keep away from the hellfire. So if you gave him da'wah, Jazakallah khair, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him of those who accepted it and died upon the, the, the correct mean of the shahada, upon tawheed, may Allah accept that from him and that he died upon that. Now, Yes. The problem is the problem. 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 The problem he says that the tell him don't speak about the ulama without knowledge. Don't speak about the scholars without knowledge. The scholars, alhamdulillah, they advise. How, you, how does he know the scholars don't advise the rulers? Does it, in, in the, there is a principle in fiqh, and that is in usul fiqh, and that is a nephew laysa bi'ilm. If somebody says he doesn't, that's not knowledge, because maybe he doesn't, you didn't see him. A nephew. To say he doesn't, or I didn't see, or maybe someone saw and you didn't. So that is not knowledge, tell him. We speak with knowledge. We must speak with knowledge, tell him. And that is, if you, if you know something, speak. If you don't know something, then remember the hadith of Prophet man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawm al akhir, fal yaqul khayran aw li yasmut. Obviously, in this matter, he doesn't because he doesn't know. He said to you, the scholar doesn't advise the ruler. No, because he said he read the books. No, he read the books of the. That not about books. We're talking about the statement, the claim he made. Did he see the scholar? Does he know for sure the scholar didn't advise the rulers? Does he know that for sure? Does he live with him? 24-7? Does he live with him 24-7? Of course not. So in this case, he has no knowledge. He is ignorant of this matter, and you should fear Allah about speaking about others without knowledge. You must be careful, because you claim something about a Muslim, and it's not true, then it's a slander. فَقَدْ Tell him it's haram to backbite, and slandering is worse. Barakallahu
I don't understand this one. It says, quoting a hadith to my friend and saying, Allah has said this, so I'm a am I correct in saying this or I had to say this is hadith from Bukhari? I don't know where you read this hadith, what you're talking about, because the hadith, is it in Bukhari? Is it in Muslim? Is it... If you know something, say it. If you don't know something, then withhold from saying it until you have proof that you read it somewhere that it is a hadith. Because the one who says about me that which I didn't say, then let him prepare his seat in the fire. As the Messenger said. Why would you want to mock the sun? No, no, the kufr that is referred to in that verse is regarding the verses of Allah. Mocking the Quran, mocking the hadith. But it's bad manner. Why would you mock the, the, the sun? And, and it's bad manner. The person does that. He gets the, the, the rays, he gets the heat, he gets fruits and vegetation. Why would he mock the sun and the moon? May Allah protect us. Muhammad al rahimullah he mentioned in his research in Al-Qasim that he doesn't make takfir upon one who does even prostration to a grave unless I establish the proof upon him specifically. Maybe he's ignorant. Maybe he was doing something else. And he was going down to do his shoelace or something. And he maybe wasn't doing that. So, you know, this has to be ascertained. What was he actually doing? And why was he doing it? And he was he ignorant of the fact that he was doing that? Two conditions must be established. Al-Qasd wal-ilm. Intending it and knowledge of it. Sheikh Nathaniel Muhammad mentioned that in Qawaid al-Mutla. Yes, Yaqi. Mentioned uh, regarding innovation, is it permissible? Uh, let's imagine, you, let's say you miss a prayer here in the Masjid of Sunnah, and the uh, next prayer, for example, is in the Masjid you know around, not a Breville Masjid, but uh, your Bandi, for example. But the people in that Masjid uh, have belief in whatever is in Fazari Lamar, for example, in the, that book. And you show the Imam believes in everything that's in that book. Are you still allowed to pray behind that? If anyone believes in that book, which has shirk in it, claiming that so-called peers or saints have knowledge of the unseen, then you don't pray behind them. Why? Because there are two types of bid'ah. The bid'ah, which is in belief, which is mukaffira, and the bid'ah in action. Like somebody brings a bid'ah, like bid'ah beads. If, he, if he's got this bid'ah and he leads a prayer, you can pray behind him. Although if you find a person on Sunnah, pray behind him is better. But if he has a belief, a bid'ah in belief, in i'tiqad, where he's like in the Brelvi Masajid, he says, Ya Allah, Ya Rasulullah, he calls upon Ya Rasulullah. 
upon the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, then don't pray behind those individuals because why? The ones who have bid'ah in aqidah, bid'ah mukaffira, then that is the one you don't pray behind. His prayer is not accepted until he is on tawheed. No. Just a small addition on the issue. How about if somebody, have, I didn't know about this, but uh, one of the brothers was telling me, in the second al-fatah, uh, sorry, the al-fatah after the two first rakas, imagine the Bukhari prayer, they, do, they remain silent. Because sometimes, on occasions where we found ourselves praying in a sati of uh, for example, the, second, the third and fourth rakas, you hardly finish your al-fatah and it's done. So we, I, always, I used to think they're just first reciters. But somebody told me they don't have, according to their understanding, they don't have to recite Al-Fatah in three and four. So what do they recite instead? They stay quiet. So are you still allowed to pray behind somebody who misses a pillar mm. in the prayer? The same person we're talking about who believes in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's the same one we said don't pray behind him. <laughs> Go, go to the masajid of Sunnah and pray behind the people of Sunnah is better. And increase the numbers of Ahl Sunnah. Because with Ahl Bid'ah you're going to find so many different deviations. Has the Adan been done? Because we have to get to... So just before the Adan, because we have to go. Your last one. Allah is salamak. How do we make jamu between these narrations about no one has ever seen paradise, no one has ever seen the hell, and Yes, yes, yes. So all this narration that came in the form of past tense, like something that has happened. So how do we make jamu between? Because that's why we said we cannot say the Messenger Sallallahu knows the unseen, and I use the word unconditionally. There are some aspects of the unseen Allah showed him when He prayed. The eclipse prayer and he moved forward Allah showed him grapes of paradise and he wanted to grab them and then he moved backwards and they asked him why did you move, back, move backwards he said because Allah showed me the hellfire and so he moved backwards for fear of that so that's why with the words we have to be careful that he was not given knowledge of the unseen <coughs> unconditionally except those aspects which were mentioned in the sunnah of the messenger we accept that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him in the night journey, He showed him people being punished in the hellfire, He saw the prophets in paradise, and so on and so forth. But as for these Sufis, they claim to know the unseen, unconditioned, without revelation. Prophet was given revelation. These individuals are not given revelation. Rather, they're inspired by shaitan in these affairs and other affairs. May Allah protect us and aid us and forgive us our shortcomings.